0: Well, without further ado, we're going to invite Pastor Paul up to come up here and minister to us this morning. He is a great man of God. He just recently got back from Germany, ministering to the refugees
1: that are over there. And if you don't think that's an amazing thing, this is the first time in in thousands of years we've been able to freely preach to the to the the Muslims mm-hmm. that are coming across, right? So, uh, done some amazing things over there. But we just want to say welcome, give him a big round of applause, yeah. and say thanks for coming out. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. It is all yours. Okay, cool. All right, it's great to be here today. Um, my my wife and I have been here in Tucson mostly um, since uh, everything was um, locked down last year. We left Germany the day that they locked the the country down. We got to the airport, and there's like never seen an airport so empty over there. You know, Frankfurt's usually the like the busiest airport in all of Europe, and it was um, it was a ghost town when we. When we, left, uh, when we left Germany. We weren't expecting to, to have been here in America for so long, and especially we weren't expecting to be in here in Tucson for so long, but we're still here. And I think this is, um, we're, we're, in the, we're in the right place. You know, whenever we're, whenever we're um, doing God's, God's will, God always has us in just the right place. Amen. And God is always doing what needs to be done at just the right time. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, right, at just the right time, Christ came into the world at just the right time he came into the world to save us and whenever in your life in each one of our lives it may be a different time that he came into our life but it was at just the right time amen and today it's just so great to be here with you and to be worshiping God together with you on on Easter amen you know it's in um you think about things that are happening in the world and, and uh, there's so many things that just like on the, the, the screen back there that are just get, that are getting canceled. Uh, people they say the wrong thing, they tweet the wrong thing and they're, and they're canceled and it's, and it's gone for, it's gone forever. You know, it's like, a, whoever would have thought that the, that Twitter would cancel the president's, um you know, the, his account, whoever, never would have thought that, you know, no matter how much they might have disagreed with what he was saying, I don't think we ever thought that they would have, um, they would have canceled it. Uh, but it's just a reminder that when we get, when we get so used to everything being um, electronic, you know, that it's, it can just disappear in a second and be gone. You know, everything that we have that's out there in the cloud can be gone in an instant. And this, what we have right here is something that can't be taken away like that. Can't take away how how um, the, this face-to-face, if we're meeting with people and we're talking with people and those words that we're saying go into people's, um, in their ears and into their mind, that's the, the way that things get planted. Their Bible says that faith comes from hearing, right? And hearing the, the, the good news, hearing the word of God. That's why, we, that's why we've got to speak it. We've got to say it. It's not the same when we, just, uh, when we just type it or when we post things online. It's not the same thing. Look at some of the things up there on the screen that have been canceled, you know, the, Uh, The Land of Lakes girl was canceled because um, uh, she's not appropriate anymore. Aunt Jemima is canceled. They still have the bottles, but Aunt Jemima's gone. Just got her her name on there. Uh, Mr. Potato Head. You know, it was just going to be Potato Head. No more Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. Dr. Seuss and and Pepe Le Pew. I mean, so many things are are just being canceled. If we don't like it, we can just have it removed. You know, and how often have you had somebody that just was bothering you, maybe online? It's like, oh, wait a second. There's a block button, and you just push it, and it's gone. You don't have to hear them anymore. If that, if you work with that person, it's not quite so easy, right? They're still there. You can't just block somebody in the real world, but but on online and on our phones, it's so easy just to block things we don't like. And the the same thing happens. You know, even in the church, that thing still happens. There was a movie that came out. I can't even, can't even think about how long ago it was—the um, Lego Movie—and I remember when the Lego Movie came out. I played with Lego since I was a little kid. You know, I was born in the in the early '70s, and when the when the Lego Movie came out, I thought it was gonna be it would be um, really neat to see it. But I never went to see it in the theaters because too many Christian people that I that I knew were saying it's a terrible movie. It's not a family movie. It's terrible for kids. It's got because of the the there's like too much um, dating and stuff in it. And so I never went to see it. And in a few. Years years later, I was at somebody's house and I saw it and I thought, this is so stupid. I can't believe that anybody complained about this, about this movie or said that there was dating in it, you know, and there, there's talking about it. You know, this girl, the, the, the little girl Lego is, says she's in a, in a serious relationship and um, turns out she's in a relationship with Batman. And his idea of dating is like, you know, just, um, uh, you know, let's hold hands, babe. You know, that's his, uh, that's his idea of dating. And, but yet it's something that gets canceled. Or how often have you heard calls go out there to boycott disney because of some new thing that's out you can go back in the history of disney and and look for a for a a disney cartoon that actually has a good family in it you're not going to find one you know we don't have one every single disney movie has a messed up family in it and it's you know the people try to cancel things all the time you know i remember when i was in uh I think I was still a teenager when Amy Grant got really big and then she divorced her husband and then she got canceled by the church. You know, nobody wanted to, nobody listened to Amy Grant anymore. And then the same thing happened to Sandy Patty. If you're, um, if you're old enough to remember that because um, she got divorced uh, from her husband. And so we, we the church, you know, decided uh, as a whole to cancel her. There's, there's such, so much, so often there's such little difference between how we act and how the world acts. But um, it's, we feel it's different when we do it because we're doing it for the right reasons. You know, we're doing it for, for reasons that are, that are righteous or reasons that are holy, and they're doing it for, I don't know, they're just doing it for stupid reasons. <laughs> but in their minds, they're doing it for the same thing as us. They're doing it because this is the right thing to do, and they're doing it because of how righteous they are and wanting the right thing to be out there. And, you know, the church can be just as brutal as the, as the world a lot of times. And the religious world can be worse than, um, than the secular world a lot of times of times you look at things that have happened throughout the throughout history that uh, that have been caused by religious people but the worst are that you do have to admit though the worst are the ones that were caused by, these, by the people that claim not to be religious, but their religion is atheism or communism they 've definitely done worse things throughout history, and the 20th century has been the bloodiest history in, in the history of people as long as we have people and it, it started because people wanted to, they wanted to reject God in favor in favor of science. that famous quote by Nietzsche um, that God is dead, and he wasn 't saying that as a triumph, he was actually looking. Prophetically into the 20th, 20th, the the in our century the twentieth century and now that the world doesn't need God anymore he he knew that the twentieth century was going to be horrible because the people that were going to rise to power were not going to have that belief of God to anchor them and you try to there's some things that just can't be can't be canceled and when Jesus came into the world Jesus had a, had a message that people tried to cancel and a lot of times we think that if Jesus was here today that he would be preaching the Message that we want to hear. Right? That's what the that's what the Jewish people thought. That when the Messiah comes, they had this whole picture of what he was going to come like, what it was going to look like, what he was going to say, what he was going to do, and when Jesus came, it didn't fit any of their pictures. It fit the Bible and it fit God's plan, but it didn't fit any of their plans. And I and sometimes we wonder if Jesus was here today, you know, what, what would Jesus be preaching? In, in California, the, the churches that are that are the that are the ones that are packed and that are full throughout this pandemic have been the churches that most of their preaching has been about politics and the pandemic for the past year. They're not if you watch their services every single service it's like there's more of that stuff than there is the gospel those are the churches that are packed and people have been leaving churches that have been talking about other things and going to those churches over in California and it's like would Jesus be preaching that message so he could have a big packed church you know today or would he be preaching you know uh, like like so many of my friends are on Facebook all the things that they're putting on their preaching about um, about freedom and, and you know they're posting about things the government's doing and saying wake up you know the pastor are posting these things, I don't think Jesus would be preaching those things today if he was here. I think Jesus would be preaching the same things that he preached 2,000 years ago when he was here. I think Jesus would be preaching the same gospel as before. Jesus would be telling us to love your neighbors, love your enemies, do good to them. Don't, you know, don't be all mean to them on Facebook or Instagram. He'd be telling us to love your neighbors, say good things to you about your enemies. And he would be saying the same things he did before. Uh, he would be Preaching the gospel he 'd be uh, raising uh, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons those aren 't the things that got jesus um, that got Jesus canceled and got him killed though it was the things that he said, uh, like here in in john fourteen six that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. no one comes to the Father except through me. It was statements like that that got him and you know growing up, I always wondered, how come jesus he never like, actually just came out and said that I'm the Son of God or just came out and said, I'm the Messiah. Why didn't, he, why didn't he just say something like that? But it turns out he did. But when I was growing up reading the Bible, it wasn't something that I would, that I would notice. But today, as I'm, as I'm quite a bit older than I was then, <laughs> and I've read the, uh, and studied the Word of God a lot more, you know, the, I can tell you the, the, the one group of people in the New Testament I'm so thankful for that they were there in Israel, and I just like to, um, you know, give a shout out to them today because I'm so thankful for them. And that's the the Pharisees and Sadducees and the scribes. So thankful for them in the Bible because any time Jesus said something really awesome, that I might. You know, just pass over and not realize how important it is, they get all super offended and mad and want to kill Jesus. And whenever you see that happen, you if you didn't, if you didn't realize what Jesus just said, you should probably go back and take another look at it. And maybe take a, a third look at it and a fourth look at it until you understand what he was saying was so offensive to them that they were, I mean, they got like in a in a murderous rage in that moment. Why? Because Jesus was clearly telling them that he was. God and clearly telling them that he was the Messiah like here in, in um, John chapter 10 we read a few verses here Jesus said my sheep listen to my voice I know them and they follow me I give them eternal life and they shall never perish no one will snatch them out of my hand my father who has given them to me is greater than all no one can snatch them out of my hand I and the father are one I've read that forever and you know I don't that, that just didn't it doesn't It doesn't come off to me as clear that he's clearly saying that I'm God. But yet he is because, look right here at the next verse, at this, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. They were going to kill him because he just said that I and the Father are one. But Jesus said, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? Right? That's the healing of the sick, the, the raising the dead, the casting out demons. I said, we're not stoning you for any good work, but for blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Don't let anyone tell you that Jesus never said he was God. They just are, they're, the people that are saying that are just too ignorant to, you know, to understand what was happening. You know, the, we got to remember I don't, that none of us in this room, I think, speak um, Greek, you know, like they did back then, right? None of us can go back and we can't read that. None of us are, are like, you know, people that grew up living in Israel 2,000 years ago. And so it's, I'm so thankful that these, that, that their reactions are, are recorded in here for us. Yeah, And look at just a second later, okay, so they were going to kill him. Now, just a minute later, um, he says, do not believe me unless I do the works of my father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works and that the father is in me and I am the father. And again, they were going to kill him a second time because what he's saying right here is so clearly, telling them that he is God. And it was so offensive to them that they, that they didn't even know, they, they just they, they couldn't handle it. Think about the first time Jesus preached in his hometown, right? He, was, he had been preaching all around the countryside and everybody heard these things about the, about the, the young evangelist, you know, Yeshua from Nazareth and the, the miracles he did in Capernaum and these other cities. And this sabbath he's gonna be back here in nazareth i bet you that in nazareth that little synagogue was probably packed that day when he got there to preach. And when he gets there, what do they do? They hand him the Isaiah. He waited, I think, until, because they read, you know, they, they have like the specific books and things they're going to be reading that day. I think he waited to come back to Nazareth until it was the day that they were going to be reading from Isaiah. And they hand him the book of Isaiah. He opens the scroll up, and he gets to that that, that part there in um, in Luke chapter 4. I'm going to start here in um, uh, the because this is I. what he already, he, he, he founds a place where it's written. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom of for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I can imagine the people all sitting there like, yes, you know, this is going to be a good sermon today. <laughs> and then um, he goes on, then he rolls up the scroll, gives it back to the attendant, and sat down and everybody's looking at him they would they would talk about the things and he said he begins the conversation with today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing and the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard that they got up they drove him out of town and took him to the, to the top of a hill because the, the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff But he walked right through them. So here again, you know, what Jesus, Jesus is claiming to be the Messiah. He's claiming to be God. And because of that, they're going to kill him. You know, today he would definitely would have got, you know, that kinds of things would have got you deleted off of people's Facebook. You know, they would have canceled your friend. You wouldn't be their friend anymore. You'd be blocked on their phone, you know, for saying things like that. You know, but in the end, they did kill him, right? In the end, they, they did achieve what they had been trying to do. Um, but they didn't realize that when they did that, they weren't canceling him. He was canceling other things when they killed him. You know, and so many things are, are backwards. There's always this, this great reversal in, in, in the kingdom of God that a lot of times what we think is something is actually the opposite, right? If we want to be the, the leader, we have to serve everyone. And the things just don't, don't always make sense. You know, they expected this king, conquering king to come. And here comes this, this um, just that Jesus comes as a servant and as a, as a lamb to take away the sins of the world. You know, the, some of the things that he, that he canceled, you know, he canceled, look at what he canceled on the cross. He canceled our guilt and our shame. He canceled our, our debt of sin. I think I went too far. There we go. He canceled the condemnation. There's no condemnation on us today that are in Christ. Our sins have been washed away. Think about the power of death and the grave. He, he, on the cross, he, he, they think that he's dead. It's finished. But the, three days later, he rose from the dead. The Bible says that he conquered death and the grave. And he canceled sickness and disease and pain. And, and today we can stand before God clean. We can stand before God, not a sinner, because of the blood of Jesus. Think about all the things that we can do. We can take that canceled and just turn it into can. You know, the things that, that we can do today, like on there, the canceled is crossed out. Things that we can do because of Jesus and, his, and the power of God inside us. You know, this time that, that we're living in today, we need to be willing, like Jesus, to say the right things. To say the things that, that need to be said. You know, we can Spread the gospel. We can speak about these things, even though it's something that might offend people. What's better if we're going to have a moment, if we have a moment to, to, uh, put something into somebody's mind. If we have a moment to share something with somebody, is it better for us to share something that might offend somebody about, you know, politics or about the coronavirus or about vaccines or about masks? Or would it be better to take a moment to offend somebody with the gospel of Jesus? If somebody, if we're going to offend somebody, you know, half the time when we say something, we offend somebody anyway. So we might as well, you know, be saying something that's actually going to make a positive difference, even if it offends them. That word still got into their into their brain. That seed still got into their heart. And the Bible says that one person plants a seed, you know, another person waters it, but God is the one that makes it grow. And that seed is the, is the words that we say. You know, in, in Romans it says that, the, like Paul said in Romans one seventeen, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I don't even know if I have that. No. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus, he says, because it is the power of God to salvation. It is the power of God. Think about that. That's such a powerful thing for me to think about, that those words, because that's what the gospel is. It's words. It's a message. And that message, those words, are the power of God that brings salvation. That's not just salvation from sin, right? That salvation includes so much more to that. You know, it's good news. It is the power of God. It's the power of God to save people from sins. Uh, it's, It's the power of God to heal and deliver and provide what we need today. But it is just words. But yet God created the universe by words. And Jesus is the word that was there in the beginning and came in the flesh. And it's the, the word that we read. We're reading the words of Jesus. Those words have life and those words have power. And, and, and if you boldly preach those things, it doesn't mean you have to stand up at a microphone and preach. If, if you proclaim those and you're telling those words to people that don't know the, the gospel, you are preaching. And when you bring that good news, so people might cancel you. People might stop being your friend. They might you know, block you so you can't even call them anymore. But this is the job that we were given to do. This is the work that we would do. And there's some things that we can do. You know, We can see persecution as a joy and an honor. Can you imagine that? I don't think that's something. We see persecution today as like, you know, evil and something that should never happen to Christians in, the, in America. That's what we, that's what we think. Uh, but it's not, it wasn't that way in the Bible. We can see persecution the right way if you get canceled. They tried to. You know, Look like at in, in Acts chapter 5. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. They had them beat the apostles. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. The the, the disgrace, people that were looking down on them because of the name, that name that's the only way that we can be saved. And they were excited about that and day by day in the temple courts and from house to house they never stopped teaching and preaching the good news that Jesus is the Messiah i mean that is that they were they thought that they would get them to shut up after after beating them and telling them not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus but they came out excited that they were worthy to be beaten in the name of Jesus how do you like that you know, that's a, we, would, we would think that there was something wrong. In Psalm uh, 16, 8, it says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. You know, we can, instead of, of um, seeking the reward of the world and of the culture around us, we can seek for God's approval. It's amazing how much it, this, the, the, the world affects us that we, so that people will be quiet and not say something because they're afraid of how other people will react, rather than being concerned about how Jesus would react or how the Father reacts when Jesus came and gave his life so that we could today be free and and be saved and bring this message to other people. It's not something to, we, we don't need to be afraid of what might happen online. Even if your family wants to stop talking to you because you tell them about Jesus or your friends, those things don't matter. What matters is that we do tell those people that are around us, those people that we love, what matters is that we tell them the gospel and the good news. You know, the, the, the less that we're worried about the approval of people, the more we can minister to them effectively, the better job we can do if we're not concerned about those things. Amen. Look at the Peter and John there in in, um, Acts 4. Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes? This is the first time they were there. This isn't the time they got beat. This was, you know, I don't know, maybe this was like a week before that they went in and got in trouble. And which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, we can't help speaking about what we have seen and heard. I I think in, in the church today, too many people, they can help speaking about what they've seen and heard. They can help speaking about even what they've experienced in their own life. You know, we uh, people, uh, even in the church, are very good at evangelizing for, you know, a new coffee place like Dutch Bros that opens up. You know, we're very good at evangelizing about that, how awesome it is telling everybody and spending all the money to buy the, buy the expensive coffee. But yet we're, we're you know, it, now we it, it talk about talking about Jesus. A lot of times we We hesitate. Isn't that silly? You know, think about Costco. You know, Costco got to be the, the really, you know, the last big of those warehouse stores. Why? Because so many people evangelized for Costco. That was the big advertising. It was They didn't spend billions of dollars in advertising. They did a good job and people liked it and they told all their friends, you got to go to Costco. How many people joined credit unions or, or started little companies just so they could shop at Costco or those places back in the days, you know, when it was hard to get in? Because people were evangelizing for it. They didn't mind. (laughs) You know, there's things that we can do. We can engage our culture and the people around us without, you know, causing tons of problems. You know, we can do it in in a a good way. In John 8, 32, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And and just if you back up a verse, though right? Because we hear this one a lot. But if you back up a verse and you read it, he said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Amen. You know, it's, it's that we have to know that truth. But he said, it's if you hold to my teaching, then you're my disciples. And then you will know the truth that's going to set you free. That's when we hold fast to the things that he taught us. In First in Peter 2.1, it says, Put away all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. In Titus 3.22, it says, To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. This is the we don't have to be offensive, you know. Hopefully, you know we don't, I don't want anybody here going out and being like the people from Westboro Baptist Church, you know, going out to you know some soldiers dying and they're out at the at the cemetery protesting with signs, you know that, you know that God in heaven's rejoicing that that you know your family member died or standing out with signs, you know that say God hates fags, you know that they do it. It's terrible, you know. I've been, I think the worst place I've ever seen evangelism was at Comic Con when they had one a few years ago. (laughs) They haven't had one for a while. The biggest convention in the world, in San Diego, and there's people out there standing up holding signs, you know, with things like God hates Deadpool, like God hates a comic book character, you know. Or, you know, all kinds of other things, all all these signs talking about things that God hates and that God's judging. But if Jesus was there, he wouldn't be holding up signs saying that, that God hates you. He would be there sharing good news. He would be there showing love and people would be getting saved. He would have a crowd of thousands of people just wanting to listen to the things that he had to say. But Christians, there'd be a lot of Christians that would scatter because they wouldn't want to be associated with them. (laughs) in Colossians it says having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us he has taken it away and nailed it to the cross amen and let me read it here in the New Living Translation it says he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross that's good news. That's something that we, can, that we can share with people and that we can be saved and free from sin. In Romans um, 8, it says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen. That's good news we've got. We've been set free from the law of sin and death. Amen. There's some things that we can do. You know, another thing that we can do, I'm going to have Shauna come up here for a second. Um, in Isaiah 53, it talks about some things that we can do, some things that Jesus did for us. We have the. She's probably loud enough without it, but she's pretty loud when she wants to be.
0: Uh, uh, one thing I don't want you to cancel or forget about is the fact that yes, today we we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, and that three days ago He did die for our sins, Amen. so that we don't have to go to hell. That's correct. Right. That's what he did for us. But there's something that gets missed out in the songs that we sing and in the, the preachings that we do and the things that we think, which is that he was also took something away fr- from us while he was up there. And it was by his wounds we were healed. That's right. We cannot forget about that. Jesus came to this world so that we would have life abundantly. We can have life abundantly. I guarantee that there is at least one person in here who has got some sickness or some disease or some ailment in their body, and that is not God's will. Jesus took pain. He took whips so that you would not have to have that disease, so that you could be whole. And so that's what I don't want you to leave here with. I don't want you to leave here with anything that sickness, that pain, that disease that mental illness whatever illness is from your the top of your head to the soles of your feet you do not have to leave here with that Amen. because Jesus took that on the cross and when he rose again three days later that was gone with him' it's, the Bible says it was it's already gone That's right. we are already healed so when you go home if you if you do um, get prayed for this morning. If you do have someone pray for you, it doesn't matter who prays for you as long as they are a believer, have a believer pray for you. When, when you go home and if you start to feel that pain or, or you start to have some evidence of that disease or that sickness coming on your body, I want you to tell it to go away. Say, go away, get out. In the name of Jesus, I was healed. By his wounds, I was healed. And then just leave it alone. Okay, so when you go home, do that. It's the same thing with your salvation. You cannot see your salvation. Maybe your life is better. Maybe it's worse. I don't know. God doesn't promise that we're going to have a better life. He says he came to give us life abundantly. But if you don't feel that you are saved, I want you to look into your, into your Bible, into the Word of God, where it says if you believe in your heart, And you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that he was raised from the dead. I'm misquoting the whole thing, but look for that scripture. It's in Romans. And quote that because it's not a matter of how you feel in your body. It's not a matter of how you feel in your mind. It's a matter of what the Bible says, what the word of God says. And declare that over yourself because he came to take away your sickness, your pain, to make you whole. In the name of Jesus, he came to give you life and life abundantly. So don't let that be canceled. Don't let that be, you know, remember that.
1: Amen. And Isaiah 53. He says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. Amen. And when, you, when Peter quotes that, um, Peter changes the tense because Peter is looking back at the cross and says that by his wounds you were healed. Amen. It's amazing when you read this, look at this. How many times does this talk about pain and sickness compared to sins? It talks about that more than sins. But yet, when we talk about the cross, we talk about salvation from sins and we don't talk about salvation from the other things as much that he, that he mentions there. And I might offend you right now, but um, there's no, none of, the, none of our translations that we have in, in, are perfect. You know, as much as the, the people that translate them are people of God and they want to do the best job they can, that still the, our personal preferences and stuff sometimes are louder than the, than the Holy Spirit speaking to us. The Bible says that the Spirit is subject to the prophet. That's why you can have somebody that can come and give a prophetic word and, you know, maybe they give it to the wrong person. Why? Because it's coming, it might be perfect coming from God, but it's coming through a person, and sometimes we don't, we don't, we make a mistake. Sometimes we don't say the things that we should say. Sometimes we say it wrong. God has chosen to work through us, and that's okay. The grace of God is bigger than that. Uh, but when it, when it comes to, um, to reading things in the Bible, I, you need to read it um, in it, as it many different um, translations as you can, and you will see as you do that, some people, it seems like their translating has an agenda, And they want you to believe a certain thing compared to some people are just trying to tell you what the Greek words are saying. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to have an agenda today. I just want to know what the Bible is saying. And our, our, when we, if, you were to, if you're here today, and if you're not a believer and you don't know Jesus, he didn't die on the cross just so that your sins could be forgiven. He didn't die on the cross just so that you could go to heaven. He died on the cross, like Shauna was saying. He said, I came so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. He came so that we could have our, our sins could be forgiven and washed away so that we could be healed, so that we could be delivered and set free. All of these things that he talked about there um from isaiah when he was there at his hometown in nazareth or that first sermon when the spirit of the lord lord was upon him and why the the spirit had anointed him to do these things those things still apply for us today that is all part of this of this package of being saved all these things that we can do you know, jesus is never going to cancel us he's never going to cancel you right jesus forgave us amen and today, if you're here and, and you're not a believer, this is, the, this is your moment right now. This is your time. And the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Right now is the time. And if you're not a believer, you don't have to, to ask Jesus to come here today and forgive your sins. Because I can tell you something, he already finished and did it 2,000 years ago. All you have to do today is you have to put your faith and your belief in Jesus. You have to put your faith in the, in the cross and the work that he did. But he, is, he does not have to do anything. You don't have to wait for him to come and forgive your sins because he already did it. He's waiting for you to accept what he did. And to accept him as the person that he said he is. To accept the fact that he's God and that he came and he died for your sins. The Bible says, like Shauna quoted there in um, in Romans 10, that if if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not that you have to believe it in your heart and you have to say it with your mouth today. Amen. This is the Easter Sunday. It's a great time we have to celebrate that and remember what Jesus has done for us, that our sins are forgiven. And today, if you are not a believer, then right now, make that decision in your heart. I, I believe Jesus, and I believe that right now. I believe that Jesus is who he, said he, who he said he was. I believe that. I believe that he is God, that he died and he rose from the dead. And I believe what the Bible says, that if I believe in him, I'll have everlasting life. Amen. If I believe in him and I confess with my mouth, like Paul said, that I am saved. And we have to believe And you have to speak it. It's not enough just to believe it. You have to speak it. Amen. Don't hold in the things that Jesus has done for you. And don't be afraid of what people might say. If they might cancel you, they might stop being your friend. They might, you might only have this one moment to be able to share that good news with them. Take it. Take that opportunity to share the love of Jesus with people. And today, don't leave. If if you're here today and you're sick, like Shauna was talking about, don't leave without receiving prayer for that. Don't leave. The Bible says if two or three of us agree on anything, that the Lord will do it. The Bible tells us that, that believe we can lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. And don't leave today if you're still in pain or you're still sick. It's interesting, that verse we read there in, in Isaiah, if you read it in, in German, it actually says that, that, where, that he bore our sickness. He bore sickness, it's Cronkite, it's sickness, and Schmerzen is pain. And it is, Jesus did take our sickness and our pain on the cross, and he said it was finished 2,000 years ago. Amen. Let's, let's receive what, what God has for you today. Amen.